Hello, and welcome to Out in Space, the podcast for LGBT astronomers and allies. I am Vlad. I'm an assistant professor of astronomy at an MSU, and I am bisexual. I'm Cass. I'm a Winton Fellow in Theoretical Astrophysics and Exoplanets at the University of Leicester, and I'm gay. Uh, I'm Alex Tichy. I'm a graduate student at Columbia University, and I'm gay. I'm Jody Burtis. I am a graduate student at New Mexico State University, and I'm gay. Yeah, okay. Um, hello, everybody, and welcome to Out in Space. Today, joining us is Daniel Leonard. So Daniel obtained her PhD from Oxford University in 2016, where she was one of the incredibly prestigious Rhodes Scholars. And her thesis was entitled Beyond the Standard Cosmological Paradigm with Weak Gravitational Lensing. After graduation, she worked at Carnegie Mellon University as a McWilliams postdoctoral fellow until 2019, at which point she became a lecturer in astronomy at Newcastle University in the UK. Now, for our American listeners, this is roughly equivalent to tenure track assistant professor in the States. She continues to research the standard cosmological model, teach students and engage in departmental service. Daniel, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Cass. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So I was wondering uh, if you could tell us, first of all, a little bit more about your science. What are you working on at the moment? Sure. So as may have been evident from the thesis title and the introduction, I uh, am an observational cosmologist. Um, and specifically, I focus on uh, late time observational cosmology. So um, cosmology with big galaxy surveys. Uh, mm -hmm. And the kinds of measurements I think about with respect to that are um, galaxy clustering. So using the positions, um, the statistical properties of the positions of large mm -hmm. samples of, of galaxies. Uh, as well as uh, weak gravitational lensing, so mm -hmm. looking more at shapes, um, usually of uh, very large samples of galaxies, and trying to make uh, statistical measurements of the correlations between those things, um, and use those to um, infer parameters or um, understand, uh, do model comparisons uh, in terms of uh, cosmological models. Um, and so particularly, I'm interested in uh, extensions to the standard cosmological model. So one thing I think quite a bit about is um, potential uh, modifications to gravity on very large scales, uh, mm -hmm. as well as potentially dynamical dark energy, um, alternative neutrino scenarios, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the data that I work with or that I am preparing for, uh, so I've worked with the uh, dark energy survey which is a photometric survey that's finished taking data, but the data uh, we're, we're still analyzing at this point. So we've done a full cosmological analysis for the first year of data, and we're now working on the first three years. And specifically within that, I've worked on um, uh, testing gravity with galaxy clustering and weak lensing data. Um, and then I'm also heavily involved with uh, the cosmology science collaboration within um, or LSST, which is mm -hmm. uh, now of late known as the Legacy Survey of Space and Time yeah. at the <laughs> Observatory, right? Yeah. So the, the telescope formerly known as the Large Synoptic Survey Telescope. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, obviously that has a lot of different astronomy that you could mm -hmm. do with it. That's very exciting for the whole community. Um, but yeah, I've been heavily involved with the cosmology collaboration, um, doing pipeline development and validation mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. for that. Oh, nice, really, really nice. So loads of stuff, really interesting. Very good, very good. Okay, so perhaps now you could tell us a little bit more about sort of, you know, your personal life. So, so where do you identify on the LGBT spectrum? Um, before we go on the question, can I, uh, mm -hmm. uh, can I ask about, you know, what uh, you work on? Um, especially for the people listening to us that are, that are not working in, in, in 
astronomy, you mentioned that you work on modifications of gravity at large uh, 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 scales. Can you uh, elaborate on that? I mean, why do we think gravity could change? Sure. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we know, right, how, 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 how it works when you apply that to the planets around the sun. That's Newton, right? So gravity has been uh, tested well, right, at, that, uh, at these distances. But then, I mean, how right. far can we trust that we know how gravity works? Sure. So um, as you allude to, we understand how gravity works very well on, you know, sort of Earth scales um, and Newtonian gravity, as you mentioned, is, is very good at describing um, the sort of lab scales on Earth. So, you know, I drop a ball, I know how it's going to fall. Um, even within the solar system, we understand it really well. Um, but even there, to get everything precisely right, we do have to go to general relativity, um, which is, of course, Einstein's theory of gravity, um, which reduces to Newton's gravity on Earth scales, but provides you know, additional um, description on solar system scales. Um, that's all really well tested and really understood. Um, we haven't yet had the opportunity until quite recently, and even still, it's just starting to be able to test the way that gravity works on uh, much larger scales. So um, particularly, I'm looking at scales like between galaxies, so scales of um, you know, ones to, to tens of megaparsecs, which I know that's an absolutely useless unit for non-astronomers, but um, it, yeah, you can think about it as, as scales, you know, between galaxies. Um, and the reason that I think that is interesting is twofold, I guess. So one is, um, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with, and, and probably many of our listeners are uh, familiar with the idea of dark energy. So, you know, 20 years ago, we have uh, the um, discovery that the expansion of the universe is accelerating. Uh, this is sort of surprising. We don't understand why. Maybe it's a cosmological constant that fits the data super well, but uh, it's very unsatisfactory theoretically. Um, there are sort of reasons to consider other things. And one thing that could have potentially explained this is a um, modified theory of gravity. So uh, the reason I, I frame that in terms of dark energy is, is of course, that dark energy um, is a, another way that we could explain this. And when we talk about a cosmological constant, what we're talking about in some sense is a constant background vacuum dark energy. Um, so, so modified gravity theories, uh, so, so deviations from, from our standard theory of gravity on these very large scales can, uh, you know, you, you can try to use that to explain accelerated expansion. Um, you know, people, if, if you put the right people in a room with that, they'll argue till, you know, they, run out of breath. Um, but uh, I think that even aside from that, even leaving aside that motivation, um, there's this, the intrinsic motivation that we haven't tested the way that gravity works empirically on these scales yet. And we are able to with the kinds of data sets that we are getting now from surveys like the Dark Energy Survey and others, as well as LSST and also the space-based contemporary survey, which is going to be Euclid. Um, we have the opportunity to pin this down uh, in a way that we haven't before. And so we might as well, because we're learning something about the physical laws of the universe on very large scales that we didn't know experimentally before. 
cool. Okay. Really, really <laughs> I'm nice. an extra one in person, so. I yeah, know, so I was just kind of like, oh, I operate on the other end of the scale. <laughs> no, extra planets are great. Um, yeah, does anybody else have any more science questions? No, we're good? Okay, okay. So I guess I'll ask then. So, um, so could you tell us a little more about your personal life and, and sort of where you identify on the LGBT spectrum? Sure. So I'm bisexual. I'm a bisexual cisgender woman. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, if there's more you want from that. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I think it's just it's just better to be to get people to you know express how they identify themselves rather yeah. than us assuming. Yeah. 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 Sure. So um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your coming out experience, you know, particularly uh, in the workplace and whether or not you feared it may affect you professionally. Sure. Um, so I, maybe I'll work backwards. So um, in my current position uh, at Newcastle, um, which I started, as you said, uh, less than a year ago, I have been out in that position from before I started, from the interview. And the reason that that was the case was because uh, as part of the interview process for the position, um, there was a requirement to give in uh, not only the science talk, but there was a, a short talk expected in terms of um, equality, diversity and inclusion issues and what work the candidates had done, like including myself, had done and what plans we might have. And so obviously that was a good sign for me in terms mm -hmm. of that being included in the recruitment process, um, it made me think, you know, okay, well, mm -hmm. probably it's safe to, to come out. Um, and also I was thinking, you know, this was a long-term position, like, a, you know, as you said, equivalent to a tenure track position. Um, and I, it, it put me more in the position of thinking, um, well, they better know now because I yes. don't want to be yeah. here for the rest of my life if I'm going to have a problem about this. So I basically yeah. decided uh, to just come out in that. And, and of course, I didn't get up and say explicitly, like, hi, I'm bisexual. But yeah. I did yeah. talk about the work that I had done previously with, um, you know, LGBT groups and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so I effectively outed myself and I said, well, they're either going to hire me or they're not. And mm -hmm. in fact, they hired two people in that recruitment round and they hired me and they hired another queer woman um, who's also trans. So yeah, um, like, yeah, <laughs> top, yes, top points yeah. for Newcastle in terms of hiring. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so, so it turned out okay in that regard. Um, so everybody kind of knows already, I've got my, you know, I've got my rainbow lanyard around my neck all the time at work. Mm -hmm. um, in my previous positions, I would say um, as a postdoc, I was fairly out, like I wasn't hiding it or anything, but it was not something I would necessarily bring up um, uh, you know, I recall sitting in a mm. um, a meeting where somebody sort of said off the cuff, like, isn't it funny that we, you know, there, are, there aren't any, we don't have any LGBT members of staff in the department. And mm. I was sort of sitting there like, hmm, yes, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so funny. Uh, and of course, it's like, I'm there being like myself. And then it's like, I know that I, I could, you know, I know a few more. <laughs> They're just not out yeah. to you. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that was that. Uh, I, I mean, I was certainly out as a pretty vocal ally in that position. I had like a safe zone sticker on my door and I, you know, I'd done the training for that. And so people, you know, people either, you know, they knew if it came up or they, or they didn't. Um, and, and prior to that, as a graduate student, um, it was a bit different. So I, I do recall in the first couple of years of my PhD, 
somewhat consciously deciding not to be out even to, um, you know, my, my cohort. Um, mm. And that was a bit, I mean, that was a privilege. And we, I mean, we might talk about this later in terms of bisexual erasure, because I was in a monogamous relationship with a man mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. and so it was very easy to let people assume that I was straight. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know, like, how people would react. Um, and, and I never sort of directly came out to my PhD supervisor, even though I didn't have any reason to believe that he would have reacted in any bad way. And, and if it came up now, it would be fine, um, I think. But I think when I was a graduate student, I was more concerned about, and rightly so, I think that there was more of you know my professional skin riding on what mm. the more senior people uh in the department may or may not think about mm -hmm. me and that mm -hmm. aspect of my identity whereas you know as i've become more established i've felt more confident to um be out and you know sort of come what may i think that's i think that's quite a common theme you know when you're when you're a you know a grad student you, you're incredibly vulnerable to the whims of whoever is in charge of your you know personal and professional well-being and you, you can get lucky and you can have supportive supervisors you know you can you can be incredibly unlucky or you can just have you know supervisors that are ambivalent to these issues which can in some ways be almost just as bad um and I think these things can be really damaging so I see I see you know why people would choose not to come out um if they have the option mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sort of interested in, in, in this uh, sort of history, you know, as uh, I think you're an, an American, is that right? I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually Canadian. Can Canadian, sorry, I was, I was like, no, maybe she's Canadian. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, you've lived on both sides of the pond at this point and, um, and working in, and, <laughs> uh, in Oxford. I mean, I've been to Oxford, small little place. I'm always kind of interested in, uh, you know, what, what we have to go through as astronomers in this niche field, you take a job where you can find it, and sometimes in very small places. Um, and, and so I'm just kind of curious about your experience of relocating to different people. I, I guess maybe it's easier if you have a partner when you do the relocating versus showing up to a new place and being single and trying to, you know, find the scene there. Um, so kind of what's your experience about what it's been like here and... and, uh, and sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I... I would say, uh, it, you know, in terms of finding a community, uh, it, my experience was that as a graduate student, it was fairly straightforward um, in, in Oxford. Uh, you know, like being a student is, is kind of a, a great time for that because there are, you know, student societies and everything. And, and I definitely, um, you know, was able to find community in that way. And, and I ended up, you know, running a, a particular LGBT society there. And that was great. And um, when I moved to Pittsburgh, I actually found it a little bit more difficult. Like I did find, you know, a, a community in a, in a sort of at a smaller scale. Um, you know, I had another, uh, I had a, a friend who uh, in Pittsburgh, who I, who I met not through LGBT stuff through something else but who was a is, a is a gay man and and i asked him at some point you know have you have you have you found it have you found the, the, the gay scene in pittsburgh and he's like he's like i found a choir there's a there's a queer choir and i go to it and i was like oh cool i didn't know that you like to sing he was like i don't like to sing danielle i just <laughs> i just had to go to some... i just want to go where the other gays are <laughs> yeah um yeah so so i don't know i 
and then Newcastle has, has been pretty great so far, I have to say. Of course, like, it's been, it's been great. Like I said, like, we hired, you know, we, they hired two of us at the same time who are both queer women. So we've, you know, had each other to kind of be like, oh, did you see this, like, event? Are you going to this? So that's nice. Um, one thing that I would say that, like, isn't my specific experience, but I think, like, doesn't necessarily get talked about, but is an LGBT issue in terms of the relocation. Um, that's inherent to our career paths that um, I just wanted to mention, because I think it's, it's worth saying, is uh, being trans and trying to seek trans healthcare in different countries um, under different systems is complete nonsense. <laughs> like, it is so bad, uh, just from talking to, to, to friends um, who are doing this, this academic nomad thing uh, and trying to have continuous care. Um, you know, what one country requires this kind of documentation, one country requires that kind of documentation. Every country expects that you have the documentation from their own country, and they're like, cool, well, I, you know, I have this thing from this other country, but you don't recognize that. So I just, you know, that's not my experience, but I, I think it's worth mentioning as a, a big, a big roadblock for our community in terms of the, the intersection of like being trans and requiring that kind of um, support and, and also having to move around so much. Mm. Wow. yeah that must be that must be really difficult i think that's you know when you're when you're cisgender that's not even something you necessarily you know you, you barely think about it right and then i think as well you've got to deal with um you know changing attitudes between places and yeah, all of these yeah. sorts of things as well which is you know um bad enough i think for people who are you know lb or, or g but for, for t it must be uh especially difficult yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I already moved, uh, uh, you know, from several countries, I mean, uh, between many, many countries from the, the PhD to postdoc to, uh, to faculty. It's already hard enough to sort out uh, the labor laws and benefits in, in different countries, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, transgender laws. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Um, Jody, would you like to ask a few questions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Danielle, can you tell us uh, a little bit about your role models? So did you have a senior queer scientist to look up to as a student? And, and if you did, how did it help? And if you didn't, how would it have helped? Sure. So um, yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting question because I, I read it when you guys sent me the, um, you know, the sort of potential questions we might talk about. And I realized I had never thought about it before, which is bizarre. Um, but then I thought back and I realized I did actually have a couple of people and I just maybe hadn't for some reason conceptualized them in that way as queer role models, but they actually were. So I had a, I had a, um, a, a prof when I was an undergrad, so this was in Canada, um, who was uh, one of the only women faculty in my department, um, three women out of about 40 or something, um, and uh, who was also, um, uh, I, 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 I was about to say she was gay. I, I actually, I actually don't don't know if she was. She could have been bi. She she had a, a female partner, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So and, and I knew that um, because people are terrible and sort of would refer to you know other students would be like, oh, who have you got for this class this semester? Oh, you've got like Chris Paduska. She's a lesbian. It's like okay, well, thanks. Okay, the lesbian. The lesbian. <laughs> There's three women. Nice. That's the lesbian. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so, but as I had her for first year physics and I also had her for a fourth year seminar class and, um, 
I, yeah, we never talked about like LGBT issues. Uh, I, I got a little bit, you know, to a, a point where I could ask her sort of mentory type questions when I was in fourth year and we had this like six person class with her. Um, and, and I remember at the time just kind of being really happy that there was like a woman around who I could chat to about things. But in retrospect, you know, it was, it was also comforting <laughs> to, to know that um, there's at least like one other LGBT woman in the department. Um, someone who was a bit more of a, uh, someone who I actually directly spoke to about um, LGBT issues was when I was a, an undergrad, I, um, so I, I did some summer research uh, um, terms at a different university, also in Canada. And um, in the research group there, there was a senior PhD student who was um, an out gay man. And we became friends as, you know, as did many of us in the research group. And he and I did uh, chat quite a bit about LGBT issues. And he was coming up to the end of his PhD and applying for, um, for uh, postdocs and, you know, hit, um, trying to deal with uh, his partner and his partner was American and things like, uh, you know, and this was before, you know, gay marriage was legal in the States and everything. And um, yeah, so, so, so we actually had a lot more overt chats about, about LGBT. His name is Sean Stotani. He's now faculty at the University of Calgary. He's, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, so it, I mean, it was, it was helpful in the sense, I guess, that um, I think if I, had, I hadn't had that, it would have been quite isolating. Like, I obviously didn't, it didn't like stick out in my mind as being something that at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I have this because otherwise I would have remembered and thought about it earlier. <laughs> but I, I think it's one of those things where I, I was lucky enough to have it and therefore I, you know, it, it, it didn't stick out. But if I hadn't had it, it probably would have stuck out a lot more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that brings up a question to me. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced this yourself, but uh, you know, going along with this relocation with a partner, uh, you know, these laws of, uh, you know, immigration laws, they might not always support the LGBT plus uh, individuals mm -hmm. as well. Uh, have, have you had any experience with that or, or, or happen to know people that have said, you know, if, if, if I had a wife, it would be no problem, but because I have a husband. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I haven't on. had direct experience with that. I have um yeah i have relocated with a partner but i've never had the experience of having the immigration law be a problem mm -hmm. um i mean in that particular way <laughs> immigration right. law is a pain regardless right i guess a bunch of us on this call know that um but um no i i haven't had that particular issue i mean i'm certainly acutely aware of it i have i mean there's there's someone uh I can I can speak like not not from my own experience, but um, someone like a very close person in my life who um, had a she she has a a, a female partner and uh, was working in uh, so she, she's an engineer and she does work with engineers on borders and so she's um, you know working in Ghana and thinking okay well this is fine for like this three month stint but. Mm. Um, you know, uh, this isn't going to work long term because yeah, I can't yeah, exactly bring my girlfriend uh, on a yeah. spousal visa if we get married. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a very serious I think as well, things have really changed over the last few years, you know, so like I'm, I'm in the process of trying to move to the US at the moment. Um, and I was a bit sort of like, oh, I don't know how this is going to be because I'm, you know, going to like a southern state and, and this sort of thing. And, um, you know, the entire university has been so helpful. They've just been like, you know, we'll help you find, help your wife find a job. Um, 
and I just think, oh, you know, even just how different the world was even, you know, 10 years ago, um, especially, you know, especially in the UK, like I remember things being very bad growing up and now I just can't imagine it being as bad. Um, I, I don't know. I, I hope things will get better all over the world, but I am not optimistic that it will be in the short term. Yeah, and it's it's really great that that you had that, uh, you know, the, the, the female lesbian role model, uh, because I think for the younger generation that's just getting started in the field, I think it's, um, you know, the, the first thing that I think of when I'm trying to get a role model that I can relate to is uh, a female, you know, a, a female scientist. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it's great when you can find one and you have things in, in common and you, you know, you have different, or you have similar uh, struggles and, and, and um, you know, they provide such great advice about maneuvering the field as a minority. Um, but I think one of the things that I frequently forget about is how important it is to have a queer role model as well. And so um, I, I don't have many, uh, but the, the few that I do have, I, I think I, upon realizing that they are this great queer female role model, I, I'm struck with awe that I have this now, that I can picture myself in this field as this person, mm -hmm. and it's very inspiring, and, and it helps me, you know, realize that I can do this. They did it, I can do this, and so I think that's, I think that's important. You're really, you're really right, Jodie. I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's very difficult to be something you can't see. I would say as well, um, I've been in the situation of being, yeah, like, obviously I'm, I'm still quite junior, but I, I've been in the situation of, of having, uh, you know, a, a bit of a mentoring relationship with a student who in fact was um, male, but because I was out, um, you know, they started coming to me about like, oh, what do you think about this? Like, should I, you know, what, what should I do about this situation? And um, yeah, so I, I think that, that there are definitely situations where people seek out um, queer role models specifically, because in that case, it's like, well, it certainly wasn't the gender, um, but there were specific things that this particular student wanted to talk to, talk about with someone who, who got it from, from an LGBT perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, alrighty, uh, so, so the next question that we have for you is, um, so, so lesbian and bisexual women in astronomy face being a minority on, on two counts. Uh, so what do you think are the main problems that bisexual women astronomers face? And, and how would this uh, experience differ from, from those of straight women and lesbian women in astronomy? Yeah, so I, I thought a bit about this. Um, I think that for, for me, the, the thing that always sticks out uh, as a, a difference in like the, the bisexual experience in terms of um, the work environment is that it's in a way, um, in order to be out, you have to, uh, you have to sort of make this very strong statement about things that people kind of don't want to talk about at work. Um, so even if you have a partner or, you know, you're, you're casually uh, talking about like, oh, I, w I was on, what were you doing the other weekend? Oh, I, I went on this date or something. Even if, um, if, you know, if you can say, you know, okay, this is my girlfriend, that doesn't, that doesn't clarify your sexuality, right? This is my boyfriend. That's, it's, it's, it's not clear. And so, 
um, you know, you end up having to be very blunt about it. Um, you know, you almost have, I, I joke that I, I have these conversations where, you know, where, where it's like, this is my partner, but, but I would like to be clear that I am interested in romantic and sexual relationships with people of any and all genders, <laughs> you know, and then you're like at a work meeting and people are like, that's great, Danielle. Um, but no, it's, it's not quite like that. Right. But it's, it is this bizarre thing of, it, it's kind of the, the, it's kind of the, the, the sexuality where um, you, you have to be super specific about it or, or I think, I think also as well to, to say you're bisexual, like the word sexual is in the word. Right, and right. Know, certainly, certainly if you're British, you're just like, <laughs> you know, what? rather than say anything out loud, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think, especially for, for physics and astronomy, um, there's like a, an extra layer of that where, uh, you know, we have this culture in the field of um, things are meant to be very, uh, you know, based on facts and, um, you know, sort of a pure pursuit of knowledge and, and we don't have a personal life. And, um, you know, these are all sort of wishy-washy things that we aren't supposed to talk about and definitely not have any feelings and certainly not any sexual or romantic feelings. Um, so uh, it's, it's like an extra hostile environment in some cases to that kind of a, a statement. Um, and then in terms of so that, that, that's, 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 you know, that's answering the question of what is a bit weird about being bisexual that isn't, that isn't a thing that necessarily comes up for, um, you know, say gay or lesbian uh, astronomers, but, but specifically for women, I think there's, there's kind of a compounding factor sometimes, or there can be where, um, you know, you're, you're already a woman, right? So you're already like sort of, if you, if you say anything that's uh, a little bit more on the, like, you know, deviating from this like hard facts and, um, you know, the, the sort of the, the truth of the matter and, and, the, and the math and the science and um, that then that, that's seen worse generally for a lot of people from a woman. Um, and so when you're when you're a woman and you're like yes but i would really like to make clear to you who i like to have sexual and romantic relationships with <laughs> um i think there's a compounding factor potentially although i would say that it might you know it, it could be mitigated by the fact that you know and i don't know if any of you would like want to speak to this but um there's certainly unique challenges to coming out as bisexual as uh as a man as well so, in terms of like the culture potentially being less accepting in, in different ways mm. Yes, so I'm I'm not bisexual, so I can't speak about that. But maybe maybe yeah, somebody I, else can. No, yeah, I think that that uh, uh, you touched the point that uh, indeed happens for both women and men, right? When uh, when you are at, at the B type of the spectrum, right? It seems that there is still the idea that uh, oh, you don't know yet if you're gay or 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 yeah, you're straight, <clears throat> right? And um, it's the whole uh, compartmentalization thing, right? So it's the, the bi erasure issue, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> which kind of makes it uncomfortable at, at, at times, right? And people deal with it in different ways, right? It's, uh, you can say, right, uh, uh, um, I mean, if you are with, with a person from one gender, but you want to say, that you also date people from from the other genders or or, or had it in in your past. That's that's something that I have seen coming up uh, several times. Like 
you have to 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 assert that in, in mm -hmm. a way of course yeah. you, know, you know like it's a, it's a it's up to um each person and i don't know i'm kind of rambling at the moment <laughs> but, uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's uh, i mean as you mentioned right in in your i mean when you did your your interview that came up that's uh something that came up on 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 mine too and the issue yeah that 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 comes in your mind is yeah these are the people that i'm going to be working with for the the foreseeable future so yeah uh, i would rather that right to be clear from day one i mean like the worst thing that can happen is uh you take the job and then you find out later on that, that you are working with with homophobes biphobes you know and, and you know mm -hmm. you don't want that right to 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 happen yeah no yeah uh the issue right about um about by erasure um you know we are i mean we, we um uh well in the lgbt com community right the b are are usually uh, erased from it because there is the uh, the tendency right to uh, to compartmentalize it either as 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 uh, uh, as gay or it is straight and especially for uh, for bi people if you are dating a person from one gender that comes out quite uh, quite uh, strongly right i mean like when you're when you are with someone from the opposite gender <clears throat> And it's uh, easy to 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 typecast you as a a straight person. You you mentioned right that uh, you know like when you are dating a man um, during your your PhD that came out as a well, I mean that that it was not something that you that that you 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 felt that you needed to to talk about because people uh, assumed whatever they wanted to to. Uh, to uh, assume um, <clears throat> that comes that comes up also right in, in I mean with with uh, uh, with me with other people I mean like I'm I'm I mean I am with someone of the opposite gender with a, a woman and uh, I try to to say partner yeah yeah like mm -hmm. not or, or wife uh, and then when it comes up in in conversation about past re, re, uh, relationships with men then you know i i try to 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 put in in the small talk that it was a he right you know mm -hmm. make make the uh, agenda quite clear um that's that's you know how how i deal you know like with by erasure i was wondering about you then how you deal with that uh <clears throat> like has by erasure impacted you um like is it mixed in a way i mean like sometimes it can be beneficial sometimes harmful if you could comment on it yeah sure um yeah i, I was thinking about this question and i i think that the, the main way that it has impacted me um professionally is to be honest, um, probably positive, right? It's, I, I mean, I, I 
tend to use the word erasure to, to discuss like the, the negative aspects, but then the flip side of the coin is passing privilege. Um, and, and I certainly have benefited from, from, from straight passing privilege um, at certain times during my uh, career and, and probably at many times. Um, I, yeah, so yeah, professionally, I mean, cer certainly people assume that I'm straight sometimes like certainly that happens. Um, and that, and that is, you know, that is erasure. But I think, you know, if you're talking about professionally, I think it's almost, uh, I, I can't, sorry, I'm just, I can't, um, yeah, I, I don't think, I think that's been the, the main, the main impact and, you know, positive or something, right? I, I think, you know, the, the, the way that it's had more of a negative impact is probably personally, um, which, yeah, it, 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 it's the same, you know, it's, it's, it's not a novel story, right? It's, it's not a, it's, it's, I'm sure that, you know, Vlad or, and, and other people have had similar experiences. Like, um, it, it's, bisexuality is not an identity that is um, represented terribly well in, you know, media. It, it's even in terms of like, you know, actual, uh, you know, people like celebrities or, you know, people who are well known, um, even if they are bisexual, often that's not known. Like, it's the same thing over and over again, right? Like, people have to actually come out and say, like, no, I'm actually bisexual. Um, and that just doesn't always happen. And so for, for me, what that meant was that it took a, it took a long time for me to um, be comfortable with my own um sexuality with my own identity uh because i think for for myself um you know there's it's it, again it's two sides of the coin right it's like privilege versus erasure like if you you know when i was in a teenager um like a young teenager i you know looking back it's supremely obvious to me that i was super queer Right, but it was very easy for my brain to go, okay, I have these feelings about boys and those are like the normal feelings and we pursue those feelings. And these feelings about girls are also normal but they're really just friendship and we're just gonna keep them in that box, right? So, um, so it took a while for- I love that. Yeah, um, it, took, it took a while. And I, and I think this is, a, this is again a thing that might be a different experience between being a woman and being a man and being bisexual in some cases because there's a way in which we allow women and girls mm. to have intimacy and, and deep, like, caring feelings for each other that we don't really permit to boys and men in the same way culturally. And so I, I imagine, although I don't know that, you know, if you're uh, uh, talking from talking to, 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 you know, friends, like male friends who have had a similar experience, right? Like, it's a much more jarring experience in some way to, to be a, a, a young teenager or a child and be having a crush on a boy if you're a boy because mm. all of culture is telling you no 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 versus as a girl and you're like I just want to be around this friend and hold her hand all the time and 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 hug her and, and listen to her talk um that's normal or something right yeah. um yeah. I'm on a bit of a tangent now but I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> it's a good tangent it's a good right. tangent <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that yeah that that the aspect of, of erasure, I think, basically kept kept me from feeling feeling confident in my identity for a long time. And even after I did self-identify as as bi, which was around the age of 
19. Um, I even still like went through periods of, oh, but may maybe, I, maybe I'm really actually straight or maybe I'm really actually gay. Like, mm. I don't know. Um, and it took, it took a while. And then I think the other, the other thing important to, to mention, which I think Vlad kind of brought up um, a little bit, although maybe, maybe not, um, is the other aspect of erasure. Um, we tend, tend to think of erasure as coming mostly from the outside, like from the straight community. But there's also like the gatekeeping aspect, which is from the LGBT community, which uh, can, that, that's, that to me has been perhaps the more like actively upsetting aspect because it's, you know, you, you go to a space where you're hoping to be, um, to find, you know, peers and, uh, and, and people you're comfortable with and that doesn't always happen. Um, so that's more of a personal impact than a professional impact as well. Mm. It's interesting when you when you talk about um, you know like the, this idea of like passing for straight. It's like in my in my life I've experienced both um, you know very strongly not passing as, as heterosexual and for a, for a long time being very easily able to to pass as heterosexual, and then kind of as I've embraced more of my butchness as I've got older again now I don't pass again, um, and it's very interesting to, to me to to watch you know um, the percentage of the world that could identify me like my my wife now calls me a hundred footer like you can spot that I'm gay from a hundred feet which makes me laugh um, but that wasn't always the case and just how generally you know my experience from everything from using public transport to shopping to everything like that um, changes depending on you know sometimes I go out in a dress sometimes I go out in a shirt and tie and what happens to me depends an awful lot on how I present in my um, I guess gender performance I don't know I don't mm -hmm. really know what the, yeah. what the right word is for that so that's that's it was really interesting to hear um, you know the flip side of the coin about you know erasure and passing and you know sometimes it's good and sometimes it's also not necessarily good and bad but like may work to your advantage or against yeah. you and well. i mean there's also the aspect of that where um if you are you know there's again it's two sides of the coin right it's like mm -hmm. you, you can sometimes pass or i can sometimes pass um but but there's definitely an aspect where when i'm when i i am feeling that erasure like my um I know my light is bizarre right now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, I mean there there are certainly times when I I just say like you know screw it, I don't care. I'm going to work in a plaid mm -hmm. shirt, and of course I look mm -hmm. of course I look gayer when I go to work in a plaid. <laughs> um, you know, I did my PhD at Oxford has this weird costume you have to wear for your PhD viva, and yeah. there's a there's a boy costume and a girl costume, and and I I wore the I wore the bow tie because I was like screw it. Yeah. <laughs> it's my it's my viva. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So we, oh sorry. Please uh, uh, go on. No, it's, like, it's okay. I was just going to ask another question. So if you have something you'd like to, to say, please do. Well, I was just going to add to that, uh, like the whole passing thing, right? It seems that there is a, an ideal that is the good and we want to achieve that. Uh, and, you know, like everything that deviates from it is why they pull bad. Mm. Like uh, the, the pass uh, uh, is an expression that I have seen used in other um, situations too, you know? I mean, oh, I mean, you are hi Hispanic, but you're white passing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are mm. trans, but you you, you pass as, uh, as cis, right? And, and um, uh, for the bisexual community, uh, that happens too, right? I mean, as you, uh, you mentioned, right? Oh, yeah, no, you're bi but you pass as a, 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 
a straight person or you pass as a, a gay person, right? There is a, a hetero normativity in the mm-hmm. gay community. There is a, some sort of homo normativity also. I mean, like in a, in a, in, 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 in a smaller uh, proportion. And it seems that sometimes we don't fit in, in, in either box. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I should say like, yeah, I definitely say passing privilege with a bit of tongue in cheek because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a poison privilege, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it can be a privilege. As I say, right. Um, I mean, when, uh, yeah, when I myself was coming out to people saying, oh yeah, bye, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, it's twice the fun. I'd say that's not that's twice the mess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, very good. Uh, okay, perhaps I can ask uh, a few more questions if you're happy. Sure. Okay. Um, so we we alluded to this briefly earlier, but um, a study has suggested that students believe minorities bring political baggage into the classroom, i.e. The, the only cool head of objectivity can be a straight, white, cisgender male. What do you think about this? Yeah, so I, I kind of think that simply by standing at the front of a classroom and asserting that I am going to teach you, you know, first year introductory astrophysics and it is in fact me, this you know, young looking woman who probably isn't who you were expecting, um, who's wearing a rainbow lanyard, who is in fact an expert in this and is going to teach it to you. Um, that, that is in some sense a political statement and, because it goes against the norm of what we expect um, from you know, a physicist. We, we don't expect a physicist to, to look like that. Um, visibility is an act of defiance almost. Yeah, and it, it's also like not a choice, right? Like I don't have an option to to put on my, you know, cis, white, able-bodied, you know, straight man costume and go teach my mm. class. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, I think, I think in a sense the statement is, is it's true that there is a political element to, you know, me as a lecturer of, of physics or astronomy. Um, but I, I think that the, the second part of the statement is more questionable that, you know, there is some inherent good in, uh, in, in this like quote level-headed end quote ideal of a um, you know, uh, someone for whom that's not the case, because you know, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir in terms of you folks, I think, but um, the, the only reason that, that a person is able to not have that political, you know, inherent political statement by um, in the classroom is, is if they naturally fit into the, the, the normative structure that we, you know, expect from a physics lecturer. Um, occupy every position of power and privilege, right? Right, and, and, and then that person, you know, can then choose to bring politics into the classroom if they want to. Like, you know, there's certainly space for, um, you know, straight, white, cis, able-bodied men 
to um, you know teach a teach an introductory astronomy class and 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 highlight you know um, the the women who have made great contributions and people of color who made great contributions to astronomy. Um, like that's great if, if someone chooses to do that, who, who does, you know, fit those criterion. Um, I just think like for me, it's kind of a, a, a moot question of whether, like why would I not do that when I'm already like bothering people to some extent by standing here. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so, so, so to me, the, the bigger, it, it's, all, it's already there, like the politics is already there. So, so in a way, yes, I think there is like political baggage, but I didn't bring it like, you know. I think it's, it's, it's really interesting that the points that you're making. So, so one of the things um, that, that I found very interesting, and this is, you know, mostly more of an anecdotal thing, but I, I read online. So in the US, they have like a website, like professor reviews. And I think technically you could also review your, uh, your UK professors. Mm -hmm. But it was so interesting just to read the differences between language uh, that mm -hmm. the students used to describe male and female professors. You know, that the, the men were like, you know, confident and, and you know, that they really knew their stuff and, and the women were all kind of, you know, bossy and strict um, or kind or like, you know, kind and funny. And I'm just kind of like, I don't care if my professor's kind and funny. I want them to be smart and helpful. Like, uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that as well. And I've definitely, uh, you know, that was when I was in, uh, in the States last year, um, a uh, slightly, well, a, a junior tenure track faculty member uh, who is a friend of mine was, I was kind of like, what should, what, what's the one thing I should know going into this? And she was like, don't read rate my professors. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that way? Yeah, I, I made the mistake yeah. of doing it once, and I'm just like, right, when I start teaching, that website's getting blocked. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, I've definitely had some gendered comments from students. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, has anybody else got any more thoughts on this? Okay. We have a lot um, of thoughts the student evaluation of faculty, but they're not here for this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, a study has suggested that um, gay women, and this, this study was specifically on, on gay women, think that their gender is more of a barrier to their career than their orientation. How do you feel about this? And do you think this is also true for bisexual women? Um, yeah, so the short answer is that my experience is that I, I, I that is also my experience that, mm. that my gender I think has been more of a barrier than my sexuality. Um, I would say that with a pretty giant caveat which is that I have only worked in places that I've, the places I've worked are, or been part of you know academia have been Canada, the UK and the US mm -hmm. and there are certainly places where that is it is it is a way bigger issue to you know be gay or, or bisexual or, or trans um than uh than those places right mm -hmm. like i i definitely um like just as a you know a, a, an example we um we were meant to have a collaboration meeting in uh we did have a collaboration meeting in in brazil um a year and a half ago and, and brazil is, i mean it's not you know it's not the worst place in the world to be i am brazil here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But so we, we, this was like, I think it was immediately, it was around the election of Bolsonaro and there was a, a, a we had a number of, you know, Brazilian astronomers within the collaboration who were, and basically there was a, I think it was, yeah, basically we had to have, we had to have a conversation around like, 
what what are the um, you know what one of the Brazilian astronomers who uh, who was in the collaboration said, look, I, who was also uh, trans, uh, said, look, I've just been back. I I didn't necessarily feel safe in in the street. Um, there's a lot of like hate going on right now. You know, like how do we make sure that people are getting, you know, you have to get public transit from like the airport to the university town where this is happening, like, you know, and, and I'm not trying to pick on Brazil, like it's not, um, it's not like Brazil is the worst place or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are places I wouldn't go like for a conference, like I wouldn't go to Russia uh, because I think, you know, I could be arrested for you know, promoting the gay or something. Um, and, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's fine with me um, to not have to go. That's not a big sacrifice. Um, so I get, but I guess what I'm just trying to say is like a caveat is uh, what I'm saying is from like a, a position of, you know, mm. having worked in, in the UK, the US and Canada. All that being said, um, yeah, I think my experience is that gender has been more of an issue. Um, something that really struck me was there, there, there was a study, and I don't know if any of you guys saw this, or it was in, I think it was 2018, there was a study um, that was looking at retention um, within STEM subjects of undergraduate students in four-year uh, university programs in the States. And it was looking at, you know, if you looked at them at the beginning of the degree program and at the end, um, you know, were they still in, a, in their STEM degree or were they, had they, you know, switched to a different type of degree or did they, you know, drop out? And um, the retention of queer men was significantly less, statistically significantly less than their straight counterparts. And the retention of queer women was higher than their straight counterparts. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and to be honest, like, that is not... Uh, surprising to me. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but um, I do know, I do meet a lot of queer women in astronomy. <laughs> um, I, I do, I do too, although, although I didn't have any like role models when I was, yeah, when yeah. I was kind of studying, like as I like started going to conference, I was just like, there is a lot of people here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, it occurs to me that that is uh, associated at least in part in child rearing, right? I mean, straight women, uh, yeah, yeah. Ha having sure. children is, I mean, such a significant barrier to staying in, in astronomy. Right. I mean, so this one was, this study was to do with undergraduates. So I'm not sure how big of an effect that would have had at that stage. But yeah, I would assume, I would assume small, because um, there's, there's very few people nowadays, I think, who have very few women. Yeah, at that age. Sorry, I missed it. It was yeah. undergrad. Yeah yeah. 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 I mean, so I don't know. My um, unfounded thought on, on a possible factor from that is that I, th I think that we as a culture in, in science tend to um, associate, uh, you know, femininity with not being good at science and, and for better or for worse, there's also an association that, you know, wh whether that's, you know, true or not, um, that you know, queer men are in some sense more feminine and queer women are in some sense less feminine. And mm. so in, in, in some sense, perhaps there is more of a, an acceptance of, you know, queer women because 
at least they're not as girly in some, like, in some way. And that's obviously not true on an individual level for every queer woman. Like, you know, of course there are high femme lesbians, right? Like, but, um, yeah, it also makes me think about, uh, um, you know, I, I wonder to the extent that it's the case that uh, growing up queer, you uh, have sort of eschewed these these more traditional kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to go play princess all the time. You mm -hmm. know, uh, something about growing up queer, just like a, growing up as a gay boy, you know, I gravitate more to the theater than most of my straight counterparts. Um, you know, we've always been kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. And so... Right. To the extent that those those pathways are kind of traditionally closed to straight girls, but then queer girls feel you know a little more maybe open to exploring these scientific uh, pathways. I don't yeah, know, it's just, just yeah, maybe, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that. That that's actually a question that I asked Jane Rigby when uh, when I talked to her. That uh, uh, um, that uh, uh, there seemed to be indeed uh, uh, that over rep representation as you you mentioned and maybe one of the reasons was that that uh, uh the science is still is uh, a white man game right and uh, i mean a lot less now than what it was before but it still makes easier for these uh these um um you know the the, the status quo to mm -hmm. respect uh a butch woman that they, they see as a person that that can play the game by by the rules than a, a flamboyant queer guy mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's i think that's really interesting because um more than once i've had people that i that i know um ask me if they thought that my masculine energy had helped me and i was like what do you mean masculine <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best time, wording. <laughs> the first time somebody, like, they've used that wording more than once as well. And the first time somebody asked me, I was like, so surprised. We were walking across a field in Cambridge. I was so surprised. I wasn't watching where I was going and I tripped over a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting. So I was like, oh, I've never really thought of it until somebody pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, actually, you know, my entire life, I grew up playing football, playing rugby. I was in cadets. Like, I'm really comfortable in male-dominated environments. I always have been. So, you know, how could that not influence how I would progress in my career? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I guess we've, we've kind of covered uh, by erasure, I think, pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps if we ask uh, two more questions and then we're good. Sounds good. Cool. Okay. So um, the concerns of, of queer women have been sometimes dismissed as unimportant, distracting or delegitimizing de the concerns of white, straight, cisgender women on the tenure track. Um, is there a divide between queer and straight women in astronomy? I mean, I haven't experienced that, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not there. Mm -hmm. um, I I think it's it's kind of even a hard thing to say because it is you know thinking about the people who I have known you know in my career in in astronomy so far the number of women is just so low that um and in, and in physics I mean I've always been in physics departments as well which I know makes a difference like if you're in an astronomy department that can be 
less the case, um, but but the the number of women is 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 just so low that and, and as I said, you know, a lot, to be honest, a lot of a lot of them are queer. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, it it hasn't really been something I've I've experienced because there are so few women that that would not you know be something that would would come up as being um, a, a division because you know the value of of numbers has been more more valuable than than um wanting to you know um fight amongst ourselves i guess mm -hmm. um i mean that being said i'm i'm sure that 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 is an experience that some people have um i think as well maybe it, it depends on not not to say like generation but you know 10 years ago things were okay. different whereas now we're kind of i feel like you know myself and my cohort are kind of much more uh, we have this idea about intersectionality much better uh, mm -hmm. in a way that we yeah. didn't see them 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know also if it, if it kind of, and maybe this is again, and I'm kind of speaking off the cuff, so feel free to correct me if this is, you know, a silly thing to say, but um, I mean, some of the, a, a great deal of the concerns I would say that, you know, you think about what you think about like the concerns of you know like straight women in astronomy is are to do with uh you know support for for family type um you know child rearing and and, and maternity leave and um i mean that's obviously not everything but it, it's it's some of it and, and i imagine it, it might be some of the types of concerns that perhaps were uh may have been lower on the overall agenda <laughs> you know the gay agenda quote end quote <laughs> Um, uh, it, in decades past because it wasn't as, you know, legally or, or societally possible to, um, for, you know, queer couples to, to see that as viable, um, you know, with, with adoption becoming, um, you know, possible in, in, in for queer couples in, in more and more places and, um, you know. Whereas now that's changing very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so I feel like you know, when I thought about this question, I thought, um, you know, uh, what, like, what are the issues that, you know, are, are different? And, and of course there are, um, but, but I guess like for, I don't know, it's just difficult because for me, I, I think, you know, okay, well, one thing that's obviously very much an LGBT issue that like doesn't directly affect straight, uh, cis women is, is access to trans healthcare, right? Like that mm -hmm. does not affect directly straight cis women um but i just it, it seems so insane to me to, to look at people saying we need to support you know our mm. you know trans colleagues in, in them getting health care and say well that, that's that's you know you're ruining it for everybody else like that, yeah, that's yeah. a bizarre construct and I, i'm sure there are people who think like that but yeah um I think a good analogy yeah. there is right rights aren't cake right like there's not like a finite amount of cake and some more for somebody else doesn't mean less for you yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair like i guess there have been i have had experiences where um you know okay so so maybe one one example would be uh i i was asked if i um there was a situation in which it would have been helpful to have numbers of people of different genders attending uh outreach events like written down 
for like recording, you know, were we reaching women or were we whatever. And, you know, this was for a number of different events and I was coordinating, you know, I was, I was helping run like an LGBT meetup or something. And people were like, oh, and Danielle, did you, you know, write down how many people, how many women were there? And I was like, no, I didn't write down how many women were there. I didn't ask the people at the LGBT meetup to write down their gender and be recorded. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, so yeah, there's, um, I guess that's a very small way in which that, that has, you know, come up, yeah. but. <laughs> okay, I guess that, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, I was, I was just about to say we're, uh, we're almost out of time here. <laughs> uh, so maybe, I mean, I see this last question, maybe Casper, you were gonna uh, ask this, but yeah, uh, just closing out here, any advice that you have for uh, bisexual women starting their careers or, or more broadly for uh, folks in the LGBT plus community? Yeah, um, I think the main thing I would say is to find the network, um, and that's easier said than done. Uh, but if you can, it's it's like it's it's so amazing. It's such a it's such a a, a sense of community. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, if if you're talking about like if you're an undergraduate, um, you know go to your campus LGBT event, um, like club. And, and, and don't just go because like, it's, it's cool to like meet people, you know, across the campus, like do that. But also I bet you'll see a few physics majors there, right? Like I bet you'll see people from your classes who um, you wouldn't have known were your, you know, your network. Um, and I don't just mean network in like a, you know, kind of scummy professional way. I mean like, your, your network of peers. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you'll, maybe you'll meet graduate students there who are in astronomy who can help you, um, you know, point you towards uh, the things you need to know about applying for grad school. Like maybe some of your profs will be at some of the events. Like, you know, you, you can figure out this, this community that um, for me has been, yeah, so helpful. And, and it, it doesn't have to be just through these formal sort of types of, of events, although that's a great way. Like I have found that as soon as I'm out even a little bit, all of a sudden, lots of other people are coming out to me. Um, and that's great. Um, and, and it's not, it's not like you need to like put a sticker on your door that says, you know, hi, I'm gay, like come talk to me or whatever. But, um, you know, if, if you feel safe to be, you know, to, to, to test the water a little bit with, you know, with, with the people around you, um, you, you may find that you have more of a community than you than you thought, um, and that could be so valuable because you are in a position where, as like a young you know queer scientist, where you, you know especially and especially as a woman, um, where you are going to be not accessing exactly the same mentoring or even like peer mentoring opportunities that you know perhaps like the the sort of average you know straight cis able-bodied white male physics student or astronomy student is able to access. And so like, in addition to, you know, the, the, the wonderful sort of interpersonal connections that you can make, um, and like friends and, uh, and, and people, you know, where you can sort of let your hair down and not have to worry about, um, you know, explaining yourself uh, in every professional situation. Um, so there's that aspect, but there's also the aspect where like, you may find a queer role model that you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't necessarily know you had. Um, so yeah, so so yeah. So maybe I would say find that community. So like if you're going to the AAS, go to the go to the you know 
with stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. find, find the people. Um, cause, cause we're there. Great. Well, I think that I think that just about does it for our time. Yeah. So uh, I think let's. Uh, uh, we're so grateful for you joining us uh, for this. Uh, you know, still early in early in the stages, but this has been uh, this has been a really great chat. So thank you, Danielle. Yeah. Thank, thank you so. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. All right. So this is out in space, and uh, we hope uh, everyone enjoyed it. And uh, we will uh, we'll be bringing you more LGBT plus content uh, soon. So thanks very much.